0: This is a Broad Pods production. You're listening to the leaky Pipeline podcast. Welcome to this episode. Construction is much more than bricks and hammers. It's an industry for all people to work in on this show. We sit down with changemakers to discuss the passion, the opportunities, the struggles and the changes that they're taking to bring more people, especially women, into construction. In this episode, we have the pleasure of hosting Cassidy Simmons, a former AFLW player. Cassidy is at the forefront of a groundbreaking program by John Holland that provides AFLW players with the opportunities to work and learn in the construction industry. This initiative not only breaks down barriers for women in construction, but also allows them to plan for a future beyond their sports careers. Cassidy discusses the importance of flexibility and a human first approach in construction highlighting how these factors can be transformative. She also advocates for recognising and valuing transferable skills to revolutionise the construction industry. Welcome to the podcast, Cass. I'm so grateful that you've joined us today. Did you want to start by just introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are?
1: Certainly. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. So my name is Cassidy Simmons. um, I've been working in construction now for John Holland roughly eight months or seven months. And my journey into the industry is a little bit different. So John Holland have an AFLW partnership and I was playing AFLW. I reached out to Bronte who happens to now be my boss and wanted to explore what options uh, John Holland would have for me. I had a double degree in property development and finance. Originally we were looking for something in the project um, management space. And then I didn't hear anything, and I was I was moving to Melbourne, and I was like, I'm just going to start looking for other jobs. And then Bronte calls me, and she's like, I've just I've just had a restructure. You've got all the skills that I need. Come work for me, and I was like, okay, let's do it. Um, so it was a bit a bit of a um, different situation, and it was I mean so incredibly grateful for her for recognizing my transferable skills um, with like other roles I've had in the past and whatnot. Um, never thought I'd be working now in talent um, but I am loving every second of it uh, and yeah it's it's I'm, I'm loving the construction industry as well. I
0: really like how you entered the industry I think for a lot of women transferable skills is so important because you can come from literally mm. any industry and then jump in so can you talk talk to me a little bit about your current role and what you're you're doing in the construction industry?
1: Yeah absolutely so as I said, in the talent realm, um, but my title is Sourcing Specialist um, and I sit under the Strategic Talent Programs Team. So essentially I help with building programs and pathways for people to come into the industry as well as basically finding internal and external talent for all of our projects. So um, there's a lot going on, as you could imagine, um, a lot of moving pieces um, and always struggling to find talent (laughs) but it's every day is different which is what I love like I I need that constant change so I I just finished building a schools engagement program at the end of last year we launched that and just we're going to be doing another I guess more hard launch this January so that was really cool to see the last six months of work really come together at the end of last year and like that'll essentially improve the efficiencies for all the projects instead of reinventing the wheel every time to get out with the schools, you, like go out and do the community engagement piece. And now they just have to tap into this database that has everything there for them and a bunch of other things as well to hopefully make their lives easier. Um, and then, gives them back more time in their day to focus on other things as well so it's tailored obviously at um at the moment primary school and secondary school and then we have obviously our undergrad and our grad program that also sits within our team but not specifically me.
0: That sounds like an amazing program because I think one of the biggest issues that the industry faces is that young students especially young females don't look at construction as a viable option Mm. for their career path. Absolutely. Did you know much about construction before you started working in there or how like no what was your kind of did you know it about it?
1: I think the irony of my role now is <laughs> I'm essentially educating on yeah. uh the diversity of roles that exist within construction when i was the naive one to have thought that it was just hard hats and engineers so it, i i love that story for myself like i'm just like i i was oblivious i had no idea as well and now i'm now educating on it so it's it's been it's been a learning journey for me um and it's still i'm still learning so much every day but it is crazy to think that you can literally do anything. And you'll find, like as in like any like sort of I guess passion or whatever it might be, you'll be able to find a role within construction. In my opinion, there is so much to offer, and you just got to look for it because it isn't just hard hats and engineers. There is so much more. Yeah, that's essentially I guess what what we need to promote a bit more uh, so that we do have people to fill these roles um, in the future. But yeah, it's been an exciting and learning journey.
0: And I want to get to know a little bit about your perspective on because you've just started into construction can you tell me how you felt the industry treated you when you started like have you had any good experiences bad experiences you know I want to kind of know a little bit about your journey entering it and how supported you felt or if you didn't feel supported just a little bit
1: of knowledge around that Mm -hmm. I guess I think obviously you hear stories all the time but I think for me personally I have been quite fortunate in the sense that since day 1 I've been welcomed with open arms. I I'm lucky that I have an incredible female boss who leads the way is like honestly gives me the freedom to be creative and bring my ideas to life and and allows me to I guess explore my myself in this space as well so I feel like I've got such an incredible mentor in her um, empowers me to do everything and anything I want to do yeah I definitely don't take for granted and I know that that's not the case for so many other people and so many other women in the industry but yeah so far I've had an incredible experience and it is mostly because of her but yeah you hear stories and there is obviously there's no denying there is an issue there right but for me I do think the fact that I came through a program too that is kind of pushing those barriers, that made it also easier for me because it's essentially, it's hard to push back on something that's like so heavily publicized. So when you're preaching flexibility, you have to give flexibility. You know what I mean? I think I've obviously come in in a very unique situation and therefore my experience has been incredibly amazing like I, I yeah I love every second of it.
0: You know your story is so unique about how you entered the construction industry and I think I think it's a real power in showcasing how women can actually come mm-hmm. into this industry it can be so diverse uh, how how you can enter it um, and I what I particularly love about what you're saying is that you know you've heard different things about the construction industry which there are a lot of issues in the construction industry I don't particularly think mm. they're only issues that construction face. I feel like other in, industries face these issues as well. But you've come in and tackled them head on and and haven't had that mm. those issues arise just yet. So that's really important for people to understand as well, that just because you hear certain things in the industry doesn't mean, absolutely true for everybody or everybody's going to experience that there are those Mm. unfortunate um, events that do happen but I think it's across the the different industries as well so with the AFLW program can you talk to me a little bit about that and what that involved into getting
1: you into the construction industry So it's it's an awesome program as as we know AFLW is not full time so the idea around it was to one give women a career opportunity because as we know sport does not last forever but also from that financial perspective as well you need to be able to support yourself and the cost of living these days is a bit much so you definitely can't live off an AFLW salary so yeah it was it was a double like double whammy Um, but then also. We wanted to provide that flexibility um, for them as well to to work whether it be one day a week to full time and be able to obviously if they have to clock off early and go to go to training um, whatever their arrangement might be it is different for every single one of our 20 athletes in the program so it's been very testing at times because obviously with that much flexibility does does come with Its own I guess kettle of fish and um, it's something that the industry is not very traditionally not very keen on doing so we are I guess pushing that barrier a little bit and it's it's awesome because you've got females doing it and you're trying to pave the way for flexibility for everyone as well so it's been an awesome program Uh, for the most part it has been very well received um, a lot of the projects I do believe really enjoy having an AFLW player on their, on their project, something that they can all talk about, which is funny. It's, yeah, I, I think the program's amazing because it's obviously, it's doing the girls uh, like a huge, like a favour, not favour, but it's, it's giving them a huge opportunity to essentially have a career after sport because for me I actually, when I started with John Holland, I had just had to medically retire So it was a perfect kind of timing for me because I I thought sport was going to be forever for me, Um, even though I did like have the degrees and I have worked full-time elsewhere, it it wasn't easy and my previous employer wasn't as flexible as they initially preached that they were going to be and so that's why I reached out to John Holland because I was like if they're in the media saying that they're super flexible, they have to be super flexible. So I, yeah, jumped at that opportunity and unfortunately yeah I had to retire pretty much as I got the job but it's been awesome to then be able to help the other girls with their journey because um, I know I know what it's like to be on the other side and juggling full-time work and essentially even though it's part-time but it is like a full-time, full-time job playing A4W yeah exactly yeah. so um it's an awesome program in my opinion
0: yeah and might I might be biased
1: that. <laughs> that's, okay. <laughs> that's okay we
0: accept bias um I think you touched on something really important, which was the flexibility piece, Mm. because flexibility is different for everybody. Absolutely. Um, And sometimes, you know, we have companies that that say they're flexible, but as you said, they're really not. And so Mm. people are still missing out on those important events, whether that's, you know, something to do with family or sport or something else that they really love and care about. So it's really important that flexibility is done correctly for both the employer and the employee. And Mm. I think when you talked about how John Holland is trying to, um, you know, you're pushing the barriers um, Mm. for flexibility. I think that's so important because we need to push those barriers in construction. Mm. We need to see how far we can go with the flexibility that works for everybody. Um, absolutely
1: it's and not I just think, for women it's for men too like that's
0: right exactly
1: mm.
0: and I think um sometimes we you know in the industry people forget that when we're pushing flexibility we're pushing it for everybody and I think exactly you know the industry has had this stigma around you know this you know you don't leave work early or mum takes mm. care of the kids or you know that that kind of um stigma around it but in reality it's, it's okay if, if a man wants to go and pick up his kids from school mm. or if they're mm. sick and he has to go, you know, or if he wants to go and watch them play sport on, on a Saturday, those are all things that, you know, are important to everybody, not just women. Mm-mm. And I think opening up that door and breaking those barriers is exactly what we need to see the industry change because until 100%. we change it, and people see that we can do it, nothing's going to change because it's always going to be mm-hmm. like, no, this is how we've always done it. So I love that you're breaking the barriers. And and mm. as you mentioned, it is challenging to find that balance, but you're doing that. And I think that's something that you should be applauded for and John Holland should be applauded for because breaking those barriers is what we need to achieve, mm, you know, ultimate
1: success in the industry. Exactly. And, I mean, if you've got that flexibility, right, you're going to have happier employees, and that ultimately is going to contribute to a better culture and better productivity, efficiencies, et cetera, et cetera. So I just don't, for me, it makes so much sense. It's like, why why are we not doing this? Like, just because it's, we've done this one way for the last who knows how long, like, let's actually look at the, the research that is out there that literally is like, it's in front of you. It tells you, and like, I am proof of having flexibility in my life. I am like so excited and happy to come to work I'm so much more efficient like it's not a chore you know what I mean and so I think that's the best part about my boss too is she's big on that she's big on human first and as a result like being in her team and I know my colleagues feel the same like we We love working for her, as in like we want to work harder for her because we're like, yeah, let's get in there and let's get it done. So I think you would see this massive cultural shift if you also start giving people a bit more of their life back in a sense.
0: I absolutely agree with that because I think we forget that we're employing adults and adults know Mm. what they have to do. They know how they work best. They know that they have a job to do. And sometimes I think we're overprotective of, you know, no, we have to work in these guidelines because that's the norm. And I think breaking that norm scares some people. Um, But I think change is really good. Um, Mm. And I think that's that's the only way we're going to get more people into the industry, especially women. Um, because they need that flexibility. A lot of the Absolutely. times, they need a lot more flexibility than men. But once we start to break down those barriers, I think we'll see a massive shift, like you said, in the culture, which is what we need. We need a massive mm. cultural shift. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I know you've only joined the industry not too long ago, but I want to know if you've seen any big changes uh, since you've started in the industry. Has there any? Has there been anything? noticeable so when you first started to now a shift in the culture or the industry or anything like that that you've seen in the last eight months?
1: Um, Well not to I guess harp on about the flexibility piece again but obviously I do think that program has started to really shift that a little bit Um, but also like what I have noticed is we have a really good parental leave program here and we definitely see more men taking that up now, which is incredible to see because obviously you want to have that option to, to spend that time with your family in those early and even like maybe the mum wants to go back to work early or it's just allowing that flexibility for whoever it might be as the carer to stay home. Like, and it doesn't have to be the female. So we've seen a massive actually shift in men taking that up. So I think that would probably be the biggest one that I've noticed. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, the AFRW program pushing the barriers with the flexibility piece is also something that you're now starting to see a lot more. I guess acceptance, and uh, you're not you're not getting as much pushback these days. I think um, obviously it's going to be a battle for quite some time, but I think it's it's not it's not as heavily fought. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think. Um you know, hearing that more men are taking up parental leave policy, because I have seen John Holland's parental leave and it is really, really good Mm. to know that men are taking it up and that stigma is slowly um, coming Mm. down. That's important because men stepping up and being parents and taking on those responsibilities, being with their family in that first very early stage of your baby's Mm. life is super important. Absolutely. Um, And I think, Having that company to allow you to go and take that leave without feeling like, oh, it, you know, do we just have a policy here and, you know, it's all good in theory, but nobody actually uses it. Mm-hmm. I think hearing that people are using it is what's so important because you can have shiny policies, but if nobody's using it, if nobody feels empowered to use those policies, there's no point. So I think it's beautiful to hear mm. that more men, men are using it. And I think that's a huge shift, right? That's eight months mm. and that's what you've seen. That's that's a
1: huge shift. Oh, absolutely. So it's all in the positive yeah. way. And it's it's great because we we promote it internally massively. So like we, we put it, we have an internal workplace platform and we we promote all these, these men with their babies and taking up the parental leave and their stories and what they've been up to. And it's, and it's awesome to read it. So it's that's like you said, further encouraging more men to do it because they're actually they take like they're taking up the policy, which is what we want. So, yeah, it's it is awesome to see that like that shift happening. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. That's actually brought um, goosebumps to my arm. So that's really really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so um, we talk about a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions within the construction industry, and sometimes they're being mistaken as barriers. Can you talk about some misconceptions Mm -hmm. that exist in the industry um, that are seen as barriers but really they're not, they're just misconceptions?
1: Um, um, I was going to make a joke about obviously being female um, (laughs) but (laughs) probably shouldn't do that. (laughs) Um, I don't know, uh, other than obviously the things that we've already mentioned. I do think a big misconception is around the transferable skills piece I think uh, like I'm really trying to start in in my role pushing more for that transferable skills piece to like let's let's look at this more um because yeah I think we're missing out on a lot of opportunity there right um but I don't, I don't think that's a misconception in, in the sense of like they can't do the like oh, 100%. maybe we should cut that <laughs> um but <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I think I think you're on a really good point though I think People will see it as a barrier to not having Mm. skills, but actually it's it's a misconception because transferable skills are what the industry needs as well, that diversity of thought. That's really important for the construction industry to thrive. So I think absolutely that's a misconception Mm. um, within the industry. And in order for us to get more people um, into the construction industry which we know we need yeah. a lot of people to fill the roles we're going to need to get them from exactly. somewhere and transferable mm. skills is probably the number one thing we need to start looking at so I think that's a, absolutely yeah you, you hit the nail on the head with that one no pun intended
1: misconception <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. um And so we often hear that the construction industry has that poor reputation and we know that your experience has been good. What's the general vibe in your kind of in the office or around where you work around that, um, the poor reputation? How do you feel about it?
1: Um, Well, I'm quite optimistic in the sense of I want to be a part of the change. I want to help break down those barriers for women and keep pushing that, those boundaries. So I, I guess yeah look at it with a glass half full um, I'm obviously not naive to the fact that there is a lot of issues and you do hear a lot of stories and and whatnot um, from all over the place like everyone within construction as we know works for a lot of different companies and and you certainly like yeah it makes I do think John Holland is doing a lot right and I think um, that is why a lot of people do come back here um, so I'm very grateful to be where I am um, and I just want to make it better for everyone who comes after me. And I, I'm lucky that I, I have built really good relationships so quickly um, in the company and I'm hoping, yeah, to be a part of that change.
0: Yeah, I think you're already part of that change. I don't think you need to hope. I'm You're part <laughs> of the change. You're making a difference already. So um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really great to see what you and John Holland and the team are doing because, yeah, um, You know, we know that there are issues, but facing that head on and being the change is what we need. We need more change makers because that's Mm -hmm. how the world exists, right? Changing. Absolutely. So, okay, so
1: tell me a little bit about what you love about this industry. I love, honestly, the people, to be honest. Um, Like I said, my experience has been amazing and everyone that I have met so far has literally welcomed me with open arms. So, And that is on project and in corporate as well because uh, I, I do like to go out to a few of the projects, see what's going on there and um, see where I can help with obviously what I'm doing and the programs I'm building. Um, so find out what their pain points are and, and kind of go from there. So, yeah, I, I love everyone that I've met so far. Everyone's been so friendly, so welcoming. Um, and it's, it's been awesome because I've never been too shy to ask a question and everyone, like, loves, loves to help, which I, like... I'm big on as well like don't 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 I guess I guess gatekeep information or anything like that like be be part of, like you said be part of the change and, and and help people progress and um I guess do their job to the best of their ability so yeah I I th- definitely think the people here are the like best I've come across to be honest um I've definitely worked in other workplaces previously where it's not quite the same in terms of the the people piece. It's a little bit more, I guess you could say toxic in a sense. But yeah, I've thoroughly loved the people element here at John Holland, which is funny because it is something we talk about in terms of at John Holland. It's something we pride ourselves on, but I only just realized that and I'm not promoting. I'm just, that's just my experience.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a genuine experience. Yeah. And that's great. And I think that's why, you know, in a good company that's what will keep people coming mm. back as you said. Like mm. some people will leave but they'll come back to John Holland and I think that's really important for people wanting to come into the industry is to find a really great workplace mm. that values that, that culture and that people mm. um, and their people because that's how we'll keep people in construction because we, we are losing women. We do lose women to, con- to other industries and it's, it's no secret that we have issues with our pay gap and things like that. So I think, you know, mm. finding a really good fit for women is really important so that they feel valued, heard, included, mm. um, and then they'll hopefully mm. stay. So I'm really curious to know where you see yourself in five years. Like do you see yourself ooh. as in the construction industry? Do you see yourself doing something different in construction? Like is there a role that really intrigues you that you're like, ooh,
1: that sounds like a really cool thing to do. Uh, I think I'm still, in a sense, figuring it out. Um, I do know that something I do really want to explore more is the mental health and well-being space. It's something I'm very passionate about, um, and whether that be in construction or in elite sport is yet to be determined. Um but for the most part, I don't plan on leaving John Holland anytime soon because I do genuinely love it here. And like I said earlier, like I do want to be a part of the change. And so I like what well, I literally if I can do both or if I can do, I guess, that within John Holland as well, like that would be perfect for me. Um but for now, I'm very happy with what I'm doing, still learning a lot. Um, and yeah, in the future, that is something I'd like to explore. And my boss is well aware of that. And she's, <laughs> she's doing things like letting, letting me do some training and stuff along the way to um, hopefully go down that path eventually. So yeah, I'm glad that she continues to empower me with all the things that I want to explore.
0: And hopefully you can marry the two, right? Elite sport with yeah, and that you know construction around mental health. So you never know. I mean, at the end of the day, everything's
1: performance, right? Every workplace it is an element of performance. So things aren't too different compared to sport and the professional um, environment. So I think you can definitely marry the two and. Let's see. Hopefully, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I think you can,
0: Cass. Like I
1: honestly think that you're <laughs> you're someone that
0: could do that. You know, because hearing your story and your passion really comes out when you're speaking, and I think that's what we need. We need people who are passionate about the change, who want to see it different for others that mm. come through those doors, um, and to continue mm. with that positive. Um, experience that you had, you know, you've had such a great experience Mm. coming into the industry. We want that to continue. We want people to feel, Mm. you know, happy coming into the construction industry so that they stay. Absolutely. Um, And I think having a a manager who is so empowering is a really key point to your success um, and John Holland's success as well, because empowered women, it's limitless really mm. with an empowered
1: woman got it got, got to stick together yeah, yeah absolutely, exactly. absolutely.
0: <laughs> and I'm curious to know a little bit about so what would you like to see happen for women in construction and construction in general I guess
1: I'd love for there to no longer be a conversation between men and women um so <laughs> that would be the ultimate right where it's there's no difference essentially like at the end of the day we're all people so I think, yeah, breaking down those gender norms and stereotypes—that would be the ultimate, um, yeah. To just, it's just another person on a job, business as um, usual, irrespective of. Exactly, and es- essentially, the best person for the job um, is something I'm, I'm big on. Like, I know obviously we do have now gender targets, but I'm still like big on if if say a male is is the right person for that for that role, then he deserves that role. Um, but I also think, yes, we need to provide opportunities for women to get to there as well. So I, yeah, and I think there's plenty of women who, who are more than capable of doing these very senior roles. And I'm glad now that we do somewhat have that push. Um, but I also still, at the end of the day, I believe it has to always come down to best person. for the
0: Absolutely. Role. And I, I 100% agree with you on that because I think, hiring just for gender will not work for any company we have to hire for skills mm. but we mm. as you said yeah. need to provide the opportunity for women to be able to take on those those mm. next steps and those bigger senior roles because if they're not given the opportunity how will they grow we can't develop women unless we give them the opportunity mm. so whether it's providing them more training or learning on the job or whatever that looks like I think there needs to be a path for women to go and get the role that they want to eventually but absolutely in the meantime we have to hire for skill and hopefully we'll get to a point where women have the same skill set as men because I mean the mm. men have been in the industry for so much longer and they're so more so mu- you know mm. it's a male populated industry so there's a lot more men but we will get there mm. we just need to provide those pathways for women. Mm. so I think
1: that's incredible absolutely and that's why I think we're obviously targeting the schools because we we recognize that they are the future and if we can encourage more women at that younger age and we are definitely seeing it when we go out to these schools and, and do these programs like there is a lot more girls coming along and I guess coming up to us and asking a lot of questions and um, it's really positive to see that um, and yeah one day it'll no longer be like oh let's get more women into engineering it'll just be even um, much for muchness or whatever it might be within the construction world not just engineering of course <laughs> so <laughs> it's super positive that we are now focusing on on the youth um, and and the next thing that we we want to tackle is also um, educating career advisors and teachers Absolutely. and parents a bit more because like they don't know what they don't know right and so they're obviously still like encouraging their children to go down, I guess, traditional paths in a sense, because that's all they know. So they don't know of these opportunities that exist. And so we want to we want to educate them so that they can have, I guess, a more rounded opinion and, I guess, direction. Not, not that they get to say what their kids do, you know what I mean? They're able to maybe say, oh, you know what, that's not a bad idea. So that's our next, I guess, tackle piece is educating the people who I guess have the direct influence on these students well
0: and that's that's so right because I've been to a number of schools and I've spoken to a lot of the the young women that are that are sitting in those rooms and I ask the question what do you think construction is and the first thing they come up is like macho men or you know hammers and bricks and tradies and you know that's kind of their perception of it Mm. which isn't far off right like I mean it's that's what they see, that's what they've grown Mm. up knowing. Everything that we've seen on TV growing up is, you know, men that are tradies or that's kind of all you're you're really seeing. So when we opened up and talked Mm. about the construction roles in the construction industry, they were blown away. They had no idea what kind of roles existed. And again, to touch Mm. on your point, the education piece has to be with the careers advisors and the parents the parents are the ones who will hold back because they hear these negative things about construction or they think that it's only trades and oh my goodness you can't do a trade or they just there's this misconception and I guess once we start to educate everybody you know the career paths will open up and I think um, people have no idea how good construction can be in in terms of not only Mm. the the jobs and your career path because you can start in a trading and end up in a boardroom you know the career paths are endless here exactly so and true. the money in construction yeah. is also very very good so mm. I think people <laughs> yeah. don't know yeah. what they don't know as you said so I think that education piece is really important for you know parents uh who are worried about their young girls going into construction um but I think the program mm. that you're Um, working on I think is going to help change that and shift um, the way people think about Mm. construction which is what we need ultimately that's the goal right Mm, absolutely I guess all I want to know now is what you think we need to change the culture in the industry how do we make it safer happier and remove this stigma how are we going to educate these people um, people within the industry government parents teachers like how do we change the sigma.
1: What do we need to do? I have probably a very cutthroat opinion on this um, where I think you just genuinely need to be a bit harder in the sense of when there is that bad behaviour, whether it be from male or female, we do let them go. And I know that's easier said than done, but we need to be, we need to have stricter consequences for such behaviour. Um, because otherwise it's never going to change. And everyone's too scared to to call it out. And so if we actually, if we do something about it, it's going to, you're going to then encourage more people to come in because then, like like you said, they'll feel safer. Like they know that they're not going to be abused or whatever it might be on site. Um, So I think for us to actually see change, we need to be harder on what we accept because right now we accept too much um and yeah in my opinion that's the only way it can you can do everything else under the sun like I've current I've just started a social club at the Brisbane uh, I guess base where I've tried to bring together the projects and corporate because there is a divide there as well but that's ultimately that's only going to like that's a small thing you know what I mean like at the end of the day they still have to go to work um with these people who who might be like trying to I guess Block their career, or or maybe very inappropriate, or whatever it might be. I yeah, we need to we need to let them go, and we'll see a huge intake, I believe, and we'll see even better retention levels. So, and more people, like in my opinion, want to work for us. Um, so that's yeah, my. My probably harsh opinion and obviously as I said easier said than done I don't think but, it's harsh at yeah. all
0: I don't think it's <laughs> we'll harsh at all I think
1: you're absolutely
0: correct because the bystander effect is what is the issue here right we know that most people mm. don't think this way or don't they're not okay with abuse or they're not mm. okay with the way somebody treats you and both men and women are guilty of treating people
1: absolutely.
0: poorly. so yeah. But what happens is people tend to just, as you said, they let it go because it's a bystander effect. It's easier to let something go than to call it out because calling it out is a big step, right? You're putting yourself out Mm. there. Um, And for someone who's loud or a bit of a bully or, you know, that can be really hard for someone who wants to call that out, especially because the stigma on site is people laugh at people for just random mm. stupid things really even men some men are called out because they're going to pick up their children early oh you're clocking off early or what time is it you know just mm. they little snarky comments that don't really mean anything and could be taken as banter but the more we do that that toxic culture is what that is essentially it's Absolutely. saying you're leaving us early because you have to pick up your kids like what's going on you know instead of the other thing there's an undertone there there is even though it's in a funny way or whatever you want to call it but that's the toxic culture right there that exists so I think unless we call it out and someone says no you know what I hope your kid's okay like good work you know go and pick them up or we Mm. embrace the fact that that person's leaving early or we embrace the fact that I don't know whatever whatever it is that culture does need to change and until people call it out on site or in the office or whatever, wherever, it's not going to change. Um, so I think being bold and being brave mm. and
1: is important. Mm, it, it eventually is going to pay off, right? Like, I mean, I guess traditionally people have been afraid to say something because they're the ones who... In some cases, the ones being let go, which is wild and yeah. mind blowing. Yeah, I know I've heard um, a lot of stories and shocking. It's yeah, it's it's like why, why that's so backwards. Like mm-hmm. what, this person is not just doing this to this one individual. Like why would you want to keep the person who's making it miserable for everyone else? So it- yeah, we're losing a lot of great talent because of one and one or two individuals. And It's like well. I don't care how good they are, how what how good their technical levels are, if they're making everyone below them miserable, you're going to lose 10 great people as opposed to just one person who you can replace. Yes, that sounds awful that you can replace someone, but like true. You, the other people are going to then get that technical skill level. So... It's one verse, say, ten, and the the map is not there. <laughs> and you remove that toxic culture,
0: right? So, yes, you might lose someone with experience and the skills that you need, but someone else will learn that. And that culture, that toxic exactly. culture that you will remove is something that you can't change. Like that to, to remove a toxic person to change the culture is probably the biggest thing for a company. Rather than, oh, but that oh, person has sheesh. been on it and knows so many people in the industry. And it just means people will leave and they can't reach their full potential. That's, that's not what you want. Mm-hmm. That's not where you mm-hmm. want to work for both men and women. Exactly. And I think once people start to call it out, what I think we'll see happen is if someone calls it out, there will be someone who will back you up because- Deep down, they also Mm. don't like that behavior, but they're too scared to call it out themselves or they're afraid of the consequences. But if people stand up and they start standing up together, then others will come on board as well. Because at the moment, people are just Mm. like, oh, laughing because, you know, oh, that's just, it's just a joke. Oh, yeah. But really, they don't want to. It's just, they're conforming and we need people not to conform. We need them to call it out yeah exactly
1: yeah otherwise it's not going to change right and we'll get there <laughs> yeah well hopefully yeah and that's exactly it. it's a vicious cycle at the moment and I do want to believe that it is changing and people are starting to stand up a little bit more um, and I do think that is a reflection of society at the moment like obviously society is changing as well and so uh, yeah, I, I am very optimistic that we will get there, but I do think it will be a very slow and painful process. But <laughs> as you said, it's well, the only it's, way to it's
0: painful, it. yeah, and and the thing is it's painful because, When people are getting fired for standing up for what they believe Mm -hmm. in or for something that's happened to them, we're sending the wrong message Mm -hmm. and that shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. And I think until we correct that issue where people feel safe to come forward and say this has happened and they feel like they can address it, Mm -hmm. it it won't change. So the behaviour on site where you can pick it up as a general comment and be that person to say that's not on, I think that's one thing. And then the other side of that is can people actually come up to HR or whoever it is. In big businesses it's a little bit, um, I guess, easier because there is that HR component. In smaller businesses there's usually nobody. So you're up against either the the person who's enacting this behaviour because they're your boss or they're the Mm. owner and so you have to just leave. Mm. And I think that's the issue that we face in construction for both men and women. Oh, hundred percent,
1: hundred percent. You definitely, it's not, it's not gender specific at all.
0: No. I think women do cop a lot more because we are a minority in construction. Mm. There's only a certain, a number of them, but I think men cop it in a way that they don't bring it up and it's not actually seen at the surface level. I think it's just hidden and people just, it's the norm, I guess. They feel like, oh, well, it's just construction. It's just how we are.
1: Mm, and absolutely. I think that's not how it should be either yeah no we need to stop accepting it
0: (laughs) yeah exactly and everyone has to stop so I kind of want to end on your pledge so can you talk to me a little bit about your pledge or commitment that you can do in the next year for women in construction
1: well I think I guess continue to always support women encourage women um, and try and open as many doors as possible for women so, yeah, I, I obviously want to look at that transferable skills piece and really encourage more women to come across to our industry. So, yeah, I just, I'm a big, yeah, the girls. Um, I'll always support women uh, because we have to. And at the same time, I also obviously support my, my male colleagues as well. Um, I'm definitely, I'm someone who supports everyone. I'm too too much of a hype queen. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think opening doors and opportunities for other women is definitely something that I want to focus more on.
0: Oh, I can't wait to see where your journey um, takes us, Cass. I think you're a woman on a mission and I think you've found a really good spot and a really good role in construction. So, yes. um, you know, kudos to you for for being who you are and, you. and wanting to enact the change. We need more people like you. Appreciate that. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us today, Cass. It was really nice to speak no, to you. No, thank you, Lauren. I appreciate it. You too. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Leaky Pipeline. Let us know your thoughts about this episode or leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to share us with your friends. And to find out more about Narwick, head to our website at narwick.com.au.